What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. This is Two Guys, Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. You're listening to The Quick Cage. Frank, what movie are you going to tell us about tonight? So tonight we're going to talk about um, 8mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, right. Um, released in... Uh, 1999. Yeah, okay. Um, directed by Joel Schumacher. So this is the second... Schumacher Cage collaboration we've talked about. Um, basic plot is that uh, Nicholas Cage is a upscale private investigator um, that does like discreet work for rich people. Uh, gets hired by this widow of the senator or something, or like industrialist, like some really wealthy dude, um, to investigate whether or not the snuff film that she found in her late husband's uh, safe is legitimate or not mm-hmm. snuff film being like a pornographic film that involves the death of like whatever one of the participants um cynical good, con- good context yes thanks <laughs> there's a pretty famous really bad horror movie from the late 70s early 80s called snuff that's got the same premise basically um that's not very good it's infamous because they tried to sell it as it was a real snuff film that you had like stumbled upon, but you know, I mean, whatever. It was in Video King, so. Um, right. So Cage has to explore the seedy underbelly of the world of pornography, along with um, Joaquin Phoenix, who's like his guide, um, playing a guy named Mike California or something like that. Um. And in doing so, he finds this uh, world of, like, super depraved S&M led by, um, shit, hold on, I'm going to forget. So, James Gandolfini is a sleazy pornographer. Um, Peter Stormare as, like, an even sleazier pornographic director. And then um, Chris Bauer as a gimp-masked sadist named the machine. Um, So the girl that he was hired to find out if she's still alive, she's dead. Um, Nicolas Cage, like, basically murders all these people to get revenge um, because it's justified because he's so distraught at the fact that they murdered this woman, Um, including burning James Gandolfini alive, um, which is pretty gruesome. Um, and yeah, that's it. You know, he's uh married to Catherine Keener, which seems appropriate. They have a kid, even though Catherine Keener looks like she's like <laughs> 60 years old in this movie. Um, he's pretty subdued for most of it, except like he has this really weird, like semi aroused, disgusted look a lot of the times when he's watching this pornography. 
Um, because part of his like research is he watches all this hardcore porn, including watching the snuff film over and over and over again to quote unquote look for clues. Um, I think you're supposed to think that he's somewhat like aroused by it, but they still want to keep him kind of a I don't know, like a knight in shining armor sort of character. Um, so he can't be too aroused by it. But yeah, that's uh that's eight millimeter. Um, really good cast, honestly, like considering um, you know, Cage is fine in it for the most part. He kind kind of wispy a lot of the times, but like he does fine. Um, Jacqueline Phoenix is good. James Gandolfini is good. Uh, Peter Stormare is good. Chris Bauer is good. Um, that's really Norman Reedus is in it in like a pre Walking Dead role. Um, but it's really minor. Um, I don't know. So for all that, like, it's the most boring movie about pornography you'll ever see. Like, there's very little nudity, and what's there is just kind of like boring. Yeah, that's, I know how I rem- that's how I remember it. Yeah. I know it's not supposed to be erotic because you're watching a movie about you know like pornographic murder, but at the same time, like, they don't do much to make you think that the world of like hardcore S and M and you know underground pornography is particularly like thrilling or dangerous. Like, they basically go to a bunch of, like, porn yard sales in Los Angeles. Um, Flea markets, like, porn flea markets. um, Where they don't really, like, find anything except for spanking videos and fake Filipino porn. Um, Filipino murder porn. Sorry, not just fake Filipino porn. (laughs) Um, I guess they're real Filipinos. I don't know. I mean, that's that's what... um, Jacqueline Phoenix, uh, who's like the porn expert because he works in a pornographic video store that Nicolas Cage was doing quote unquote research in by buying swingers magazines. Um, but yeah, it's really, it's kind of boring. Like it's not particularly interesting. Um, it's really long, like for the several like bits that are kind of good. Um, they mostly happen towards the end of the movie and it's after a really, really, really long time of Nicolas Cage, like driving across country, trying to find out who this murdered woman is. And I don't know. It's just, it's just there, you know, I was not impressed with it in 1999. Somebody bought it for me for like my birthday or something once, like, because I owned a DVD player and I guess it was like part of a two-pack with like Mark of Zorro or some shit. Whatever that Catherine Zeta-Jones, um, Antonio Mandera Zorro movie was. I would say Mark of, Zorro, Mark of Zorro is better than this movie, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually, I really enjoyed those Zorro Yeah, I did movies. too. Uh-huh, I did too. Yeah. Um, but still like a weird combination. Like, why is that sure. the combo, you know? Um, there's a sequel to this that I've never seen, uh, 8mm 2. Um, I don't know what the premise is. I'm almost positive that Nicolas Cage is not in it. Nah. I would, wait, this would have this would have come out in this podcast by now if he would have been in this. I didn't even know there was an 8mm too. Um, Maybe I'm making that up. Nah, hold on. It stars... No, there it is. 2005. Jo- Jonathan Sainch or something? I don't know. Who is this guy? Oh, Jonathan Sainch. Yeah, you know him. Well, I know him from. I don't know. He's one of those dudes. 
Julie Julie Benz is in it. Mm. Bruce Davison. This guy looks super familiar. I'm just trying to figure out where I know. Him. Right, because he's in friggin' everything, but it's like everything. But he's that not. Guys. He's everything that's bad. Right. The thing you do, right? I remember that. Yeah, so the Doom Generation, that thing you do. Oh, he's in a he's in a movie that I was going to watch and didn't. Called The Night Clerk that came out this year. Hmm. Roadhouse too, so he's all about making sequels to um Oh he's Jonah Hex in the Legends of Tomorrow and the like in the um, DC stuff. Okay. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm looking through all this stuff. He's in just a bunch of like low budget crap, but he, he keeps busy. So that's cool. Yeah, so anyway, it's eight millimeter. I don't know what to tell you. Right. It's so one what, of those things where it's another one that I've thought about renting for like a dollar ninety nine before and just couldn't bring myself to do it. And then all of a sudden, like it was free and it was exciting to have it be free. So Oh, Jonathan Sage. Oh, um Zeffirelli molested him too. Surprise. Who did? Um, Franco Zeffirelli. What do you mean too? Who else do you molest? Uh there's been tons of stories about him, right? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the guy that directed... Yeah, Bruce... Yeah, like, that, that's where, um... Uh, Bruce Robinson, uh, the director of, um... Uh, Whitnail. Um, that's that's the Uncle Monty character, is he's based on also Ferrelli. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess I can't yeah. really... Oh, my God, he looks like a molester. Uh-huh, because Bruce Robinson was, um... Was um in um Romeo and Julia. When we're off air, I'm going to tell you who he looks like because <laughs> I don't right. want to get right, right. right slander. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. What's this? Oh man, this is one of those. This is one of those things I don't want to know. This stuff now that I'm like looking at the Zeffirelli, like you know how I know how you always are like, oh, I don't want to know about people, and I'm like, ah, why not? Who cares? Like, but no, I don't want to know about this dude. I don't like this. I'm just gonna back out of that. <clears throat> so eight millimeter. So let me ask you this question, right? Right. Um, I took what you said earlier that I thought was very funny. Um, uh that comment about Catherine Keener to be a slam on Catherine Keener. Um, what's your opinions on Catherine Keener? I mean, she's an attractive old woman, you know, but she was also like maybe in her 30. I, I see. I have no idea how old Catherine Keener is. I feel like Catherine Keener has looked like 30 and 50 uh, forever. Yeah. Like, for my yeah. entire life. And I don't, I mean, I feel like I've seen her in a hundred things, but I can't, yeah, she's somebody like depending on a like a shadow or a lighting, like looks like she's either like thirty five or fifty five. Yeah, because it's weird. Like early in the movie, she looks super old, and it's really because Nicolas Cage still looks pretty young in this movie. I mean, this is during like his big streak of whatever, like big Hollywood movies that he was making. Um, she's sixty one. She's married. Oh, she was married to Dermot Moroney. Dermot Moroney, who doesn't even like exist, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> who did we used to? Who did I used to confuse Dermot Moroney with? Dylan. Um, 
Dylan McDermott, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so they're the same person. So that's fine. Um, I think they're yeah, really different little, dudes. He's only like a little older than my mom or a little younger than my mom. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah, she's been making movies my entire life pretty much. And I've seen a lot of them. Um, I don't know. She's fine. I think she's a decent enough actress. I think she's really, really good in certain things. Um, like, I think she can be a really effective actress, and I think she's, um, like, pretty amazing playing uh, Harper Lee, you know, in Capote. I think that's a really great role. Right. Um, yeah. She does a lot of good, like, indie stuff. I don't know. That's really my opinion, I guess, on her. Yeah. She looks older than she is, or younger than she is, depending. And she plays a good novelist. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I didn't like Eight Millimeter when I saw it. I'll never watch it ever again in my entire life. And after you telling me about it again, I was uh, I feel unjustified in it. So thank you. Sure. No, there's no need. Yeah. I was completely unjustified in watching it. I would now watch Eight Millimeter too before I would watch Eight Millimeter again. Yeah, I just I feel like I feel like this podcast is making me a worse person by watching things that I would not be watching otherwise. Like I'm wasting so much of my life that could be spent watching good movies or painting or drawing or playing video games or I don't know, staring off into nothingness. And I'm watching like terrible Nicolas Cage movies, but Hey, you know I mean? Whatever. We'll, we'll get through them. And sometimes they're good. Right. Yeah. Gotta watch Garden Cast at some point. I think that idea I had this weekend is going to be the perfect replacement for the quick cage, but it's going to be like three years from now because he won't stop making fucking movies. We got to catch up at some point. The zero interest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of what you said. You joked. That's kind of what this. So I had this idea the other night. It's like where uh, we um, uh, movies that we would never talk about on the um, primary podcast um not the real podcast but the primary podcast um and we would call it zero interest to keep with the number theme of everything and i was trying to think of like how to do that and it would be a perfect like once a week type thing um and then frank joked that um that's kind of what we do already with the quick cage <laughs> this is, is talk about movies that wouldn't make a list so um yeah you know what um, i thought the first movie of the zero interest podcast would be what's that Enemy mine. <laughs> That's a good when one. You said, when you good said one. that I was, that was the first thing that came to mind. Mm-hmm. It's not something I'd ever want to talk about, and I don't know what podcast it fits in, but <laughs> well, I think maybe I, yeah, maybe I wouldn't mind watching it again. I don't know. I have had the opportunity to watch Enemy Mine. I feel for like at least six months out of the year for the past ten years, and I had. And I've thought about it, and I've never done it. It's like it's always somewhere, kind of, you know, like for at least a month or two, and then it goes away. Then it's back again for a month or two. Just kind of sticks around. um, You should watch uh, um, 
Last Starfighter instead. Mm. Better choice. Mm. I love that I made mine as a kid. Oh, me too. I don't think I would love it now, but who knows? I'm I'm a I'm gonna put um Remo Williams on the uh on the zero interest. Yeah, because you have zero interest in watching Remo Williams. That is true. That is true. It's a Larry Gasper movie, so um I, I love Remo Williams though. So that's another one of those my father watched all the time when it was on and um yeah. God, I, do, you, do you remember Remo Williams? Remo Williams, when I was, I remember this being at um, the old, what, Video King, like the, the the one that we've talked about before where you had to go up the stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Remo Williams, the box being there, and it was one of the oversized VHS boxes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. and it's like that, like, it's like, because it's, um what it was like hand-drawn like you know art like on the front of like him like what swinging or something like that is that right yeah he's i think it's, uh interpretation of like the end of the movie on the climactic um uh skyscraper fight like under construction skyscraper yep there it is i found it yeah yep it's a, it's a statue of liberty thing yeah um yeah he's hanging off the the um crown on the statue of liberty that's that's what i'm thinking of Mm. Let me. Well, I'll figure out a podcast to get it on someday, just for you. Can you can you see that on your phone? Oh, I'm not looking at you. Oh, sorry. Hold on, I'll bring it up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. It was in the oversized box. <clears throat> how how would you not be interested in watching that movie by seeing that um that cover? Right. I don't know. Especially oh. as like a eight-year-old i think i was when i saw that or nine yeah they use that one i think now like when i when i've seen it up places they use the one with like him doing like the punch and the american flag behind them um that's what yeah. they use now a lot of times for the cover should be him running across the water i'd watch Remo williams for zero interest i won't watch eight millimeter for a quick cage a little <clears throat> I watch Red Rock West for a quick cage. I, I did promise that whenever that comes up. So you have to let me know. Because I do want to watch that again at some point. Well, you might as well just watch it now because it'll be soon enough. Okay. And it's up on um, Peacock. Right. Yeah, I know it was there. So, um, yeah, I'll watch that at some point soon. And um, I think I'm going to watch Fright Night 2. I've never seen it, you know, as much as I love Fright Night. Well... Have fun. Is it bad? I don't know. I don't okay. remember Fright Night 2. Mm-hmm. I don't honestly know if I've ever seen Fright Night 2. It was out of print, apparently, for like 15 years or something like that, I read. Um, which is why, why I never saw it. Like, So, it's up on YouTube. I'm going to watch it. So, all right. Um, all Tubi, right. Did, Tubi never got back to me. Um, I'm okay. angry at Tubi. Um like I thought I sent them a pretty jovial, friendly message um, asking for the origin of their name, and um, nobody responded. Um, you know what? I sent it for my per- I, I used my personal email address. I should have used the two guys' email address and made it seem more professional. Maybe they would have responded. We are a professional, uh, professional podcast. Right. Professional podcast to professionals. Um, we are because Spreaker today sent me an email 
Um, Spreaker. Beaker? Please. Spreaker is a platform to distribute your podcast on. Um, But um, so it's basically like what Podbean is for us to some degree, Um, like our hosting. But Spreaker um, is a little bit more streamlined in terms of like uh, pushing their own podcast that like you pay them for and they like do all the advertising for you and they do all these other things. Um, And um, they emailed us today on the um on our email and told us um that um we're um a buzzworthy podcast which immediately i knew right away um okay you're trying to sell me something because <laughs> that ain't the case um and <laughs> and um bees um and then they tried to like get me to like get on a chat or a phone call with them so they could talk to me about the great opportunities they have to um, um, uh, have a class with us so they can like teach us some things, which is basically like, you know, yeah, like us give them a thousand dollars, like, you know, every three months to try to sell us. I'm in, I'm sold. <laughs> Right. I mean, hey, you um, you stop subscribing to all your services, like you could you could cover it easily, right? I can't stop subscribing to all my services. Right. There's the catch twenty two. Right. You if, you do that, if you do that, then we don't have a podcast anymore. You know, War Games is up on Netflix. How do you feel about that? War Games? Mm-hmm. I do not. I, that's a movie I'll never watch ever again. I don't care. I don't care about that movie. Like, I, I liked that movie as a kid, and it's like, when I think back on it now, I get this tone in my voice. How do you care so much about Cloak and Dagger, but you don't care about War Games? I remember Cloak and Dagger being fun. I do not remember War Games being fun. What do you think about The Falcon and the Snowman? I never watched it. Oh, what the fuck? I had, it up on my, I had it up on my watch list um, uh, uh, during COVID, I think, right? It was on Prime, and yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this, and I never got around to watching it. I probably watched um, something, like, called um, Creek or um, Ether or something stupid that, like, maybe is paranormal, maybe that's, like, the bitch is crazy. Like, I probably watched some movie, like, along those lines. <clears throat> instead i can't believe you've never seen falcon and the snowman dude that's the first time i've ever seen that movie up and you mentioned that movie you didn't mention that movie to me ever until like a year a year and a half ago well you know it's just one of those things that i was john schlesinger right right yeah and then it's like oh i didn't know he did that um i remember you talking about this and then it came up like like five months later and then i put it on a watch list and i just didn't watch it I, I mean, to. it's right up your alley. And yeah, I'm not saying like that, that. It's, it's really like your kind of movie. I mean, it sounds like code words, right? What the fuck is it? Oh, man. Um, hold on a second. I can probably tell you like why this didn't happen. Yep. Guess what the runtime is on it? Two hours and ten minutes. Um, <laughs> Goddamn. There you go. Uh, one, 131. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, that, that explains it to you, right? I thought you were better than that now. 
Sometimes, sometimes. And I do love Timothy Hutton. I love, I love some Timothy Hutton. You know what? Sean Penn turns me off. Yeah, Sean but it's, it's, me off. it's young Sean Penn. Playing a spy, Chris. You love those spy type movies. Do I? You do. Do I? Do I love I spies? Like, I don't know if I love spies. I think you I love like them. some spy movies. Okay. I, don't know. I, I just feel like you like crime I feel, shit. I feel oh. attacked now yeah. and I'm getting antsy. Um, so fuck you, Tubi, um, for not answering my email and um, yeah. giving us the answer because I'm sure there's 20 other people that want this answer now too, right? Um, <clears throat> so, and fuck you, Spreaker, too. Um, I'm not giving you any money. Oh, we're buzzworthy, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't okay. don't don't pay your mortgage this month and just did take you give me a, did you give me a number rating on cage and this eight millimeter thing? Oh no, we forgot about that part. Um cage cage performance, it's like a five out of ten. I mean, there's a couple parts towards the end where he starts to freak out because he doesn't know himself anymore, blah blah blah. Um, but mostly he's just kind of like taciturn and hangdog. Um, the movie itself is like a, a four out of ten, maybe. I you know what? That's not fair. It's, it's a solid 5 out of 10 across the board. It's competently directed. The cinematography is good sometimes. It's got a couple of interesting set pieces, but ultimately it's just way too long and pretty boring. It's the least titillating movie about pornography you'll ever watch in your life. Okay, that's a soundbite. And I, yeah, that's how I remember it. Is like I thought I wanted to be titillated and I was not titillated. Or amused. I didn't really want to be intrigued. Yeah, just I wanted to be interested and it, that, that didn't happen, so. No, titillation come beyond just sexual titillation. I just want to be... If I don't have an erection, I'm not titillated, so... That's the ending of the podcast right there. All right, thank you for listening, everybody. Have a good night. Have a good night.